This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, thanks for listening to Dirt and Spray On Demand, a Service Patriots podcast. Service Patriots is your home comfort solution for all your heating and air conditioning needs. Check out the latest special offers for our listeners at servicepatriots.com slash the fan. It's time for Dirt and Sprague. All of a sudden, I, one week, nobody had anything down there. It's a new world. I was born too, uh, too early. I've never been a fan of the British, to be honest. Really? With Andy Dirt Johnson. I'm going to need some pliers and uh, set a 30-weight ball bearing. What the hell you need ball bearings for? Oh, come on, guys. It's so simple. Maybe you need a refresher course. It's all ball bearings nowadays. And Brendan Sprague. Only problem is we've got a little bit of Mississippi leg hound in him. If the mood catches him right, he'll grab your leg and just go to town. <laughs> you don't want him around if you wear his short pants, if you know what I mean. Dirt and spray gone 1080. I pride myself and think of myself as a, a man of faith, because there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos that will be a home run, and so that'll make it a 4 nothing ball game. I don't know if I'm going to be putting on this headset again. The Fan. Hey, let's do this final hour. Dirt and Sprague here on Portland Sports Leader 1080. The Fan, 99.5 HD2, the Odyssey app, and YouTube. Boom. We're YouTube stars now. Welcome back. YouTube. Should I should I just become a YouTube star? Should I like stream myself playing with dolls? Is that a thing? Can I make uh, money doing that? I don't know if men like you are playing with dolls like with their faces showing. They're that's doing sexist. it with their hands. Oh, that's even weirder. Well, well you, just you cooking tomahawks, I think. Just be, me cooking on the grill should yeah. be my YouTube page. Do you guys... I, so my big thing with the internet and YouTube and Twitch and all this stuff is like, I just have a hard time getting in front of the camera and faking all of the things that people like that fake. Hmm. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean. Like, I watch these grown-ups like, uh, that have these YouTube channels, and they just do, uh, like, plays or movies. And I, I commend them, but they're in their own houses, and they're like, <gasps> Where's Peter? I don't know! <laughs> and, like, they get millions of viewers. They're making millions of dollars. Not buying it. I just 
feel a little uncomfortable taking myself there. We'll do this. Yeah. This is fun. I love doing this. This is a lot of fun, man. But the character acting is where you kind of lose me. Yeah, this is uh, this is cool, man. This is we've been waiting on this for a long time. So we're live on YouTube now, and I think this is going to be a thing every day. I'm assuming every day this could be a thing. I don't know why it would stop tomorrow. See why yeah. it wouldn't okay. be? Let's go. Here we go. We're once, live on YouTube. Once you cross the stream, <laughs> where there's no going back. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you can't change that. So uh, very fun, very big day for us. Let's get to some NFL stuff that we haven't talked about yet from the weekend. There's a lot going on. So I want to start with some quarterback conversations, one of them being a quarterback. It is so funny how quickly some of these narratives change. Like after the first week of the season, I put out a poll question with young quarterbacks, which one would you pick if you had to choose a franchise guy? And there was one guy that won the won the, the poll question overwhelmingly, and I wonder if he would now. Now, he did not play this weekend, so this isn't necessarily a Jordan Love conversation, but he ran away with that after one week. It's like Jordan Love over— This was after the Bear game? After the Bear game, and it's like Sam Howell was in there, Desmond Ritter was in there. I oh. can't remember who the fourth option was. Ritter. But it is funny when you look now, a month later— uh, Desmond Ritter threw two of the, the worst picks I've ever seen in the NFL and was a big reason why Atlanta lost. There's a lot of talent on that Atlanta team. He's oh, I just, thought he was the reason they lost. He's just getting in the yeah. way of them winning games. Sam Howe wasn't great, but the commanders found a way to win that game. There, it's just that's such a tough spot to be in for some of these franchises. And again, I don't want to, it's almost unfair to Ritter this early on because how many games has he even started in his NFL career? There's just a certain aspect of watching guys and being like, they either have it or they don't. Not that every moment is going to be perfect. But there's not a lot of moments that I watch Desmond Ritter play and I think franchise NFL quarterback. Well, no, but like to your point, being fair about this, the process of it, how long some of this can take, not everybody is going to be C.J. Stroud who yeah. steps in. and God, right now, he's been good, dude. dude. He's fourth in the NFL in passing yards. He's been really good. I don't believe, I mean, I might be wrong because I didn't see their whole game. They won I, again this weekend against New Orleans. They're right in the division race with the Jags, and I'm not overlooking them at all. I don't believe he's thrown an interception. Well, he threw one, his first one this weekend. He Early on in the one. game, he threw his first of the season. So I, I've I've held long belief of you draft a quarterback, you play him. Like, stop it. Don't do the Rodgers, you're sitting for three years thing. We used to do that a lot more, and now it's like, hey, we're starting him. And Jordan Love is the latest example of it. I'm reversing my course on some of these guys. I am. Uh, I don't think Bryce Young should be playing. Hmm. Hot take. I don't. I don't think he adds any positive element to their team. I know they had a nice start at Miami. They ended up not scoring much more after the 14 points. They were my survivor pick this week. A little nervous at 14 nothing. Yeah, but the Dolphins are the Dolphins. <laughs> I think they were minus 300 even down 14 nothing. <laughs> really? really? Yeah, they to win the game. The odds were still that bad. But they're better with Andy Dalton. The Carolina Panthers are a better team with Andy Dalton. I don't think Bryce Young's ready for this. I also don't think the team's built for him to be ready for this. And I think he's got an awful coach. A coach, by the way, that's now used two weeks of excuse making. Uh, we, I didn't necessarily love drafting him. The owner wanted that guy. Yeah, he's meddling in our decisions. And I saw yesterday, I chuckled at this. Yeah, you know, the play calling's all on this guy now. And it's just like, Frank Reich, zero accountability. It didn't end well in Indy. I don't think he, he's a very good coach. And the other one is Ritter. I don't think Ritter's going to ever be a franchise quarterback. But even if you have some held belief dirt, why not sit him and play Taylor Heineke, who I know can win football games in the National Football League if he's got talent? And Atlanta ain't short of talent. They've got 
an amazing running back. They got weapons all over the place. They're all over the place. Defense isn't bad. And you're playing a guy who's lobbing passes up in the yeah. end zone to the defense? Oh, God, that was bad. Where's the green lizard? Unleash the green lizard. <laughs> Some of these young quarterbacks should not be playing at all. Um, there was another injury note on a quarterback. Speaking of which, if you would have asked me which rookie quarterback would be injured at this point in the season and done for the year, I'd probably say Bryce Young. He's tiny and he's going to get broken. Not the case. The biggest and the strongest one looks like he's done for the year. Anthony Richardson, who was out. By the way, a take that aged very well is Gardner Minshew not being very good. He threw three picks, and Jacksonville dominated Indy this weekend. Uh, but it sounds like Minshew will be their guy going forward, and yeah. Anthony Richardson could miss the entire year. These are the brutal ones, though, because this goes back to kind of the conversation we're having in that you just don't have that long to figure out, is this a franchise quarterback or not? And so that's the difficult part about playing guys or not playing guys. It's like you want to identify early on, does this guy have it? Are there things that we can build on? Where are his weaknesses? And now the Colts are going to basically lose the entire rookie season of Anthony Richardson. Yeah, but in some ways, you, you do have at least a year. You could sit Bryce Young for a season and let him learn under Dalton while you add more pieces yeah, around it. I see your it. point about a year. Yeah. I, I just, you want to make decisions, sure, because there's money on the line. Uh, everybody got paid this summer. You know who didn't? Maybe the best one of all of them, Tua. He's sitting here on his rookie deal, deal still. Herbert got the $240 million deal. He lost last night. Tua and the Dolphins look amazing. It's a perfect fit of accuracy. Offensive line blocking's been good despite their injuries to Teron Armstead. And he's got weapons all around him. It's a perfect combination. That's a guy that's playing for that contract. They didn't give it to him. So you do want to find out soon but Tua didn't also play all that consistently his rookie year, and look where he is right now. So it doesn't have to be an end-all, be-all your rookie season. You can absolutely sit some of these guys if they're not ready. Now, C.J. Stroud's of the world, they are ready. Mm -hmm. But I don't think Bryce Young is ready. He's dealing with the size stuff. I think he's struggling reading the field. And also, I don't think the team is very good. Yeah. So I think there's a combo of things in certain places where some guys shouldn't play right away and other guys may be more suited to do so. Yeah, one team that will be drafting a rookie quarterback, you would imagine, is New England. We don't need to get into them. They just lost again this weekend. They're now 1-5, and five, and I am I am so done with that organization because I gambled on them plus a 3.5, and, and then Mac Jones takes a safety at the end of the game to not cover. Like, they were, they were going to cover the number. I was going to hit an afternoon parlay. I had every other game right, and then he takes a safety with a minute to go in the game. Like, what are you doing? They're 1-5. and five. That game was on my Red Zone channel too much. Like, it started too out too, too too hot, too much Raider, too much Patriot. The afternoon slate was really bad. The only games, I mean, you had that game, you had Cardinals-Rams, which was a terrible game. Yeah. Uh, the Jets and Eagles ended up being good in the end because the Eagles somehow didn't score in the second half, and the Jets came back and won. And then you had the Lions blowing out Tampa. That was your afternoon slate. Yeah, a bit of a snooze. The, the, the afternoon slate, I feel like the last three, four weeks has been a bit of a snooze fest. It's been tough, man. There's no doubt. So New England falls to 1-5. and five. The last one I'll get to, uh, we'll do the local angle here to close. What's the bigger story out of this game? We didn't talk much about it last week, largely because of what was going on in the college football world. The Seahawks losing or the Bengals winning, what's the bigger story? Cincinnati getting back to 500 or Seattle only scoring 13 points and Geno Smith throwing two picks against a Bengals team that at times has not looked very good this year? I think it's easily Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. I, I, Seattle, to me, is a wild card team. Coming and off a bye, too. They yeah, were kind of, I, well, they, they historically under Pete don't play very well, actually, out of byes. Uh, it's become a conversation topic up in Seattle. But you don't think Geno and the Seahawks are going to stop scoring and suddenly become a bad team. I think this is about Cincinnati. That's back-to-back -back weeks now, feeling good about themselves, maybe putting something together here. Burrow is trying to rest up. I think 
They're also uh, coming up here with some rest, if I'm not mistaken. Let's see when their bye is. Um, but Cincinnati, I think it's Cincinnati because the momentum they need, they're not out of the division yet, even though Baltimore has uh, uh, the lead. And so if Cincinnati can put a couple together here, I think people are going to start buying the Bengals back to contender status. It feels like it's Miami, Kansas City, Buffalo, and then it's kind of everybody else. Cincinnati, if they can piece it together, are definitely going to be put in that conversation. They do have a bye this weekend. Their next yeah. game, by the way, their next two games. This is why that was such a big one for them. Their bye week at San Francisco, Oof. home against Buffalo on Sunday Night Football. Oof. That's a that's a fun two weeks payback right game there. for Buffalo, and it is not going to be easy going on the road to yeah. San Francisco. I thought I was mo- most impressed though of all the things in that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I was really impressed with that Cincinnati defense. That was a big one to get a win with your defense. Create some turnovers, give your offense more chances, and just play really good smash mouth football. That was a defense that they had like the Titans dropped twenty seven on them. They looked absolutely ridiculous against a team like the Tennessee Titans. Yeah. To come into that game against a team with so many weapons, Smith and Jigba, by the way, absolute disappointment as a rookie so far, but still having all those weapons in Seattle, I thought that was a really big statement by their defense. You mentioned Buffalo, too. I don't know. The Bills are good. They belong in the conversation because of what they've done in years past, and they have a dominant win over Miami, which is a a great win early on in the NFL season. I don't know what's they are so herky jerky, man. From losing to the Jets in a game you had no excuse, no business losing. Rodgers goes down. Like, how did you lose that? To then not play you blow out Miami and you're like, all right, you're three and one. Then you go overseas and Jacksonville largely dominates you until you make a comeback in the final minutes of that game. Yeah. Final score a little misleading on what that game was like kind of throughout. And then you I mean, they were luckier in hell to beat the Tarod Taylor New York Giants, who can't score an offensive touchdown. So I I, I know what Buffalo's capable of. Their schedule incredibly manageable the next two weeks they just they it seems like they play down to opponents from time to time and that's not a great trend because a lot is going to be decided on seating and first round buys and all that kind of stuff and you lose these games you have no business losing you're gonna you're gonna cost yourself yeah but jacksonville beating buffalo wouldn't surprise you right and then the giant thing too is yeah giants played a really good game let's let's give dayball a little credit uh because maybe he had that defense prepared for some josh allen stuff nobody knows josh allen quite like brian dayball that's true when is a win in the NFL? Yep. You get ugly ones all the time. San Francisco, would we talk about San Francisco beating the Browns by one on a field goal? You say down weekend. Exactly. Didn't play up to up to par. And then also on the Jacksonville note, I think Jacksonville can beat Buffalo in Jacksonville. I wouldn't have been that surprised if they could win a game in Buffalo. They got to be in London for two straight weeks. <laughs> they did. That was a big advantage. And Buffalo had to travel to London. So, like, there's an element of that where I look at it and kind of go, That's fair. Yeah. The London game is always a little, it's a little odd. We saw it this weekend with Tennessee and Baltimore. Yeah, next two weeks for Buffalo at New England and then at home against Tampa. So those are your next two games. So there you go, a little NFL re, uh, reaction. We didn't get to much from the NFL weekend. Well, the one thing I wanted to add, too, uh, is the rushing totals here. Not that we count rushing leaders in the NFL like we did a decade or 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Do you know two of the three of the four rushing leaders in the NFL? Do you know them? No, I don't know if I can name them. Do you know who the the rushing leader is? As a player? No, yeah. I don't think I do. It's McCaffrey. He's got 553. That, that makes sense. Second, you'll never guess this, Zach Moss. Zach Moss. Indianapolis. Uh. <laughs> third, A-Chain. He didn't even play this week, and he's yeah. still third. And then fourth, Kyron Williams of the Rams. <laughs> That's your top four rushers. This is why you don't pay running backs. Exactly. Look at those players. Nobody picked those players to be in the top four of rushing total in the NFL. So spot on, man. Let's get to the mail sack. Your questions welcome live on the YouTube chat or the Vancouver 4 text line, 503-864-6326. We'll answer them coming up next on The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, 
celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey, it's my theme song. Welcome back in. Someone said, you guys look great, but you might want to spruce up the decor a bit. Are you in Swag's basement? <laughs> yeah, maybe what we are. Swag got 1080 merch all over his basement? He kidnapped us. This is how we do the show. We're locked up in a cage. Have you seen, by the way... The we m- should move. We have a John Rom autographed American Express flag, but it's in a, in a spot in the studio that nobody could see. You can't tell who signed that flag. I'm still not convinced that is John Rom. <laughs> should we put like a sticky note above it? John Rom arrow y- yes, down, autograph yes. this? Um... Have you seen the previews for this Mark Paul Gossler? There have been two things in TV that I've caught my eye. Yeah, the kidnapper kidnapping the kidnapper. I watched the, the first episode of that. Did you? It was on like after The Voice. Yeah. I was watching The Voice when there was really bad playoff baseball going right. on. And I'm like, these games suck. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it was it was interesting. He's locked in a basement. He stalks somebody. She gets him back, locks him up, and well, then picks his brain. He kidnapped her as a child. Oh, got you. And then she's done it back she escaped. to him. She escaped. Yeah. And now she's got her own investigation firm to hunt down yeah. missing children. Okay. Do but we need she... to turn the three cam thing on in this segment? Oh, yeah. Let me yeah. do that. There Just we go. Right. I got, I got How it. How are we doing? I got it. Okay. There we go. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> it's like yes. we're just staring over there. <laughs> Locked up in the basement. <laughs> yeah. You got to uh, turn the light on. Nobody can see you. Uh, I'm it's, sorry. It's better that way. You need your sunglasses. Frankly. Where's the sunglass swag at? Uh, sunglasses are in the car. I did bring them in. I Bust was curious, but uh, there appears to be, I don't know, it doesn't look that bad. Well, I wanted to watch an episode of that, and that's what that reminds me of, is Swag's mm-hmm. locked us in the basement, he's forcing us to do a radio show, and he's streaming yeah. it to the world, and we can't say anything, but we're secretly cuffed together under this table. <laughs> And the other thing that's really bothered me, this Derek Jeter Wagoneer commercial needs to burn in hell. Oh, God, I can't. He's driving home. Get the bleep. Derek Jeter, (laughs) I need to get home to my family. Or is that a made-up song? I don't know, but he's driving in the woods, and he sees a coyote on his sonar radar, and then he somehow... Yeah, the night vision on the Wagoneer for 89 grand. Get out of here. And by the way, I know I'm no looker. That guy's not aging very well. He used to be a really attractive, like, whoa, he's too good looking. And now I look at him in those commercials and I go, she ain't with this guy. That's what dirt has I mean, to I think that's literally his wife. It is his wife. Okay. But it does, she's. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> I heard that. Gorgeous. That was a low blow, man. 
Uh, by the way, people are asking why I'm so red. I don't know. I just run red. I just have a red face, I think. Mm-hmm. When oh, I we're talk. white. That's why. White people just turn red just all turn the red. time. It just happens when I talk. <laughs> and then uh, somebody said, Sprague, is anybody, this is in the YouTube chat from Steve. Yeah. He said, uh, has anybody ever told you you look like Alf Alpha from the Little Rascals? Yes. Actually, famously, my hair sticks up exactly yeah, where Alf his Alpha. hair points yeah. up. So, I, And then Larry chimed yeah. in and said, uh, Steve, I would lean more towards the cover of Mad Magazine. Alfred you, E. Newman. Oh, yeah. the, the yeah. nerd with the buck teeth. Yeah, you don't have the you don't have yeah. quite the teeth for it. I used but. to have them when I was a kid. That's why the alfalfa mad magazine thing was I've heard that several times. You All can't right. do mad though if, with headphones because your ears aren't sticking out. No, but my I have pretty big ears. <laughs> yeah. Alf- Alfred E. Newman is yeah. that kid's name. Yeah. We got big ears here. All right, let's get to the mail sack. We got to right, go quick. Go. Sack it up. Uh I think this is a good one. Mail sack question. Which coach deserves a bigger apology after the initial reaction to the hire? Oh. Jed Fish or Dan Campbell? Man Campbell. Dan Campbell. You think so? Jed Fish was not well-received, but we also don't look at Arizona as a football school, and so I think there's yeah. a bit of the... We didn't react the way it is because it's Arizona. Nobody cares about yeah. Arizona football, and it's yeah. like, all right, the Lions are at least it's like the, the lovable Lions. They're a story. Dude, he, in a press conference to introduce himself, said he was going to bite kneecaps. <laughs> yes, he did. You, we've never had a coach... <laughs> because we'll tread water as long as it takes to... He does all the cliche things that, like, <laughs> I love that man. Football bro, <laughs> I love that man. Would say, but he's not the dumb dumb guy. Like no. we we identify it with dumb dumb football guy, and yet he is really after it. He knows what he's doing. He's detailed. He's prepared. What he, happens to them when they lose Ben Johnson? Though I think is the only question I have about Dan Campbell because Ben I, Johnson has turned yes. into probably the biggest commodity on the coaching market going into the uh, end of the season. He should be hired by all these teams looking for quarterback whispers and offensive minds. I think Dan Campbell deserves a little bit of a, the benefit. I, I'd imagine he's going to go hire a good offensive mind. Yeah, yeah, it's Dan Campbell for sure. Although we didn't really say much to give Jed Fish any credit, and let's also see how the rest of the year goes for Arizona. Not that I'm. Ex- like you needed to win nine games this year, but they've lost a couple of tight ones that they could have won. They had a nice dominant win over Washington state. I don't really know what to make of that. Cause I don't know what to make of Washington state. Like in two weeks, dude, you beat Air- you beat Oregon state. Like Oregon state has turned into a better team as the year has gone on. Yeah. DJ is getting more comfortable. If they win that game, massive, I'm all, I'm uh, then I think it's a big tip of the cap. Not that the program's not going in the right direction. They need one of those kind of wins over a ranked team. Might be five and two. If they had Fafita at Mississippi state. Yeah. They very well could. might be five and two. Could be five and two. If they go for two in overtime, that, and that is, well, yeah. Uh, mail side question in honor of dirt's upcoming parenthood, a babysitting question for you. You have a weekend getaway with the wife and you need a team of bros to babysit your kids, which 1080 The Fan sh- uh, show cast do you choose for the job? So is this one person is watching your I think kid? the collective show. Like, which show would you, if you had to have a show watch your kids for the weekend, what show would you it's pick? The show you're on. Yeah. Which, you, why would you choose You trust me of- with your kids? <laughs> yeah. All right. Because you're married. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. By yourself, there's something yeah. weird going on. <laughs> why is this guy living by himself in his, his late 30s? What's going on here? Yeah. Yeah, I think that would, because I'm trying to think, like, Dan, well, Dusty has kids, but how old is his youngest now? Because his kids are getting older, not Our, old, but yeah, they're about your age, six or five or six, right? I think like his son is yeah. five or six. Okay, all right. Danny doesn't have any kids, right? He uh, says he's going to have them. I'm not convinced. Rust is Rust has kids. Rust but has yep. kids. A little bit older. Buck's about to have another kid in like a couple of weeks. Rop's got a kid. Sukanik's yeah. got a million kids. kids. Am I the only one with that? Me and Danny are the only ones without kids, huh? Yeah. 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 Okay. Swag's kids are grown. Yeah, grown I think I would, I would pick you guys. I'd pick you guys. I trust you. I mean, look, you get kind of both worlds here. You get, you know, 36 year old Brandon Sprague, dad of two. 
He knows how to have fun. He knows what the kids like nowadays. And then you get the grandpa experience when he gets to go to Papa Swag. <laughs> teach him how to make Negroni. Push him on a swing set. <laughs> sneak a nudie mag into his bag. Yeah. Like, don't show your mom and dad. Just put it under the pillow. Yeah. You're welcome. Kids going to eat some well, though, when yeah. I show up. Oh, hell yeah, he is, man. Did you see there was a tornado warning in Vancouver Swag's going to make your kids eat Brussels or he's going to spank them. Yeah. Like, he's gonna, he's, he got the grandpa swag in full effect with that. My mom was texting me yesterday because I guess in modern times, people don't say grandma and grandpa the way that they used to. What? There's like different words for it now. She was reading an article like about what? this. And I said, oh, I'll read some of is them. She, is she pivoting to want to be a Grammy? I know we got to go. I'll read these quickly. Um, she said the list uh, for grandmas are Gigi. Nana, yeah. Mimi, Gran, yeah. BB, or Momo. I am hearing some of these, and I don't like What are them. we doing? The grandpa ones are great. Poppy, yeah. Pops, Pappy, G-Paw, Grand Dude. Grand Dude? Or Papa. <laughs> Nobody's calling anybody a Grand Dude. Come I kind of want to go with Grand Dude. Grand now. Dude? What's up, Grand Dude? <laughs> I kind of like that. Uh, last one, mail sack question. Burritos, tacos, nachos, or quesadillas? All of my favorites. I go burritos. I'm a burrito boy. I tacos. love burritos. Breakfast burritos. I'm a taco guy. Yeah. Yeah. I like tacos Bet too. Bet you are, Swagard. <laughs> Swag loves fish tacos. Are you uh, sure about that? I, I think you kind of have... I'm going to go nacho. I'll, I'll break it up. I love a nacho. You can put a meal in a nacho or a burrito. That is very true. Uh, there you go. We usually have a longer mail sack, but we got to go here because Tom Habistro is calling in. He's the new Blazer nerd. I'm not going to introduce him as that, but he's our new analytics guy hold on a, the broadcast. Hold a mail sack question for him that we didn't get to. Do you Ooh, have one? I do. We got okay. one more we'll get Great. to here. So we'll ask him. Maybe we can start there with the Mexican food choice for Tom Habistro. There you go. Pick one. So Tom Habistro is next. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Pretty good. That's a good guess for some Stone Cold Steve Austin music. I like this. Well, he is the new one, so if like is the that, Jezzer exactly. was in the ring, yeah. he's down. Oh no, Corey Jezzer is out. Oh my yeah. God, it's Tom Hammerstrom. Yeah, it's kind of the way it's working around here nowadays. Uh, joining us now is the newest member of the Blazer Broadcasting Team, Tom Habistro. You can give him a follow on Twitter at Tom Habistro. And Tom, thanks. Is it okay if we introduce you as the Blazer Nerd? Is that offensive? Are you okay mm. with that label? If you smell, <laughs> sorry, I was doing a rock impression. That was so good. Cold Steve Austin. Were you a rock um, or Stone Cold guy back in the day? Oh yeah, that's a good one. Oh, I was, I was the rock. Yeah, I was the uh, the Brahma Bold. Uh, I think Stone Cold was a jabroni in my in my book. <laughs> yes, I think you got that right. Who didn't want to people's elbow their little brother in their living room, just jumping over him and landing a square one in the chest and sending a statement like, you don't mess with this guy. I am I am looking at the window right now on this hit with my eyebrow raised, just like The Rock, what? and I am. I'm hearkening back to my childhood watching Raw and watching Stone Cold and Triple H and uh, and The Rock and all, all X-Pac and D-Generation X. Yes. That was my heyday. So the fact that you brought me in with Stone Cold music, 
I am I'm in love with this show. I'm just telling you right off the bat. Yes, you can call me anything you want, nerd. Great. Uh, whatever you want. Now that you brought me in with some WWF. Old Tom, school. Tom, how many middle schools in America hated that era because we were all walking around our halls telling our teachers suck to it. suck it? You know what I mean? Just doing the DX thing. <laughs> oh man, like I remember just I, I have two older brothers and we almost had like fights just based on the fact that they were stone cold or they were, uh, uh, you know, like basically there were rivalries within the house. And my, you know, my dad, he would like walk into the room and do the thing like, Oh, you guys are watching WWF. Oh, this is such garbage. But seriously, uh, what's, what's going on here? I, I kind of want to see. It's like, it's like when I watch the bachelor with my wife, uh, it's slash, I don't watch the bachelor. Of course not. Um, I'm just like walking in the room, like, ah, oh, you're still watching this trash. And then I'm just, I'm locked in. So, uh, yeah, I hope this was a good, um, a good introduction for myself to the audience. here. I love it, man. This is so, I, we could just talk wrestling with you the entire interview if you want, cause I'm having a lot of fun with this. Tom Habistrow is our guest. He's the new blazer analytics insider. And, uh, you're going to see him on the broadcast, pop it up and giving some numbers. Can I ask you a non-basketball analytics question, Tom? Because we have been debating now mm. for two days, the idea of going forward on fourth down in college football and in the NFL, Oregon made some calls on Saturday. They end up losing the game. Last night, the Chargers did it. They end up losing the game. When you hear this, like, analytics stuff in other sports, I don't know how closely you follow it outside of basketball, but there's a lot of, like, ah, the nerds are winning, the nerds are taking over. Just the general role that analytics plays in sports and and not just fourth down uh, calls, but in sports in general. Well, I think a lot of it has to do with reframing what a uh, punt is. It is an intentional turnover. I mean, you're throwing an interception for 60 yards and intentionally turning the ball over. And I think when we talk about those decisions, we have to keep in mind, like a punt is a coward move. I think it's a coward move. I think we should incentivize teams to go for it on fourth down and try to win, try to win games that way. It seems like it's the most competitive thing you can do is to go for it on fourth down. Of course, when it's a plus EV play, meaning expected value plus expected value play. I don't know the exact specifics on the Oregon and Chargers calls here, but I will say that um, it's a culture issue. We have this in basketball with the three-point shot, uh, two-for-ones. We have it with you know ch- uh, tanking for draft picks. It is a culture change. And for 50 years in the NBA, the reason why three-pointers didn't catch on is because they knew the math. They just didn't want to be the first ones to do it. They didn't want to be the first ones to listen to the math. And then here comes the Golden State Warriors. Here comes the Houston Rockets who won 60-plus games. And suddenly everyone now is shooting three-pointers because it meant that it won more games. And I know it's so tough with fourth-down conversions when they don't work out. It is such a terrible feeling in the same way that when you make a – a good bet you go all in on pocket aces and it and it you lose pre-flop or whatever it is that really hurts but the odds are still the odds and i think in general analytics uh gets a bad rap uh it feels inhumane it feels like it's not it doesn't have any emotion involved what it is it's just making a bet and in the long run i think those bets will pan out and when they don't pan out it hurts but so does punting man punting <laughs> just stinks I'm so out on punting. It's such a cowardly move for a game that's so masculine and, and tough and just beefy and all this stuff. 
Like punting is the most cowardly thing. I'm sorry. I'm just so over that. No, that's okay. We love it. Uh, we debate this topic all the time, but I love that you brought the noise with it. I I, I will. I add, love the pocket aces reference. So that's because yeah. like, you can lose that hand. It wasn't the right. It wasn't like it was a bad call to go all in. True. But sometimes you have three of a kind beats here. So my only my only beef right now in the basketball world with analytics because I want to ask you an analytics based question. But my only thing oh, about analytics not the only beef. Don't don't lie. Don't lie to me. It's no, not you're your right. Only beef. There's I'm, probably other things. You're not wrong there. But the one thing that bothers me, this isn't even analytics' fault. It's the narrative of percentages for players. I used to be a big fan of the end of the quarter halftime shot in hopes that they'd randomly make it as I watch. And now all these players, you talk about cowards. Basketball players are cowards. They won't shoot the shot because they know they probably won't make it, and they don't want their percentages changed. And I hate that. It bothers me. Always hoist it up. You never know if it's going to go in. But I am curious. You're really analytically driven. How often do you see analytic models or numbers with teams and pace? You talked about the Blazers yesterday on the pregame of their pace. How often do you look at numbers, Tom, and you just go, no, no, I, I refuse to believe that this is true about this or a team. How often are you battling analytics even for yourself? Well, I, I just want to say that analytics in my book is simply defined as the study of what wins. Okay, You're studying what wins. And sometimes models, analytical models, will say Hassan Whiteside is the 25th best player in NBA history based on his player efficiency rating, which is, I think, just about statistically true. Or like, his, like if you look at Hassan Whiteside's PER, his player efficiency rating, it's one of the top 50 in NBA history. And that's analytics, right? That's a form of analytics. There's another form of analytics or another metric that you can go to that says Hassan Whiteside is nowhere near that, that he's a replacement-level player, and that there are two different models that point to the same player having wildly different um, value for basketball teams. So I'm, I'm, I know that the knee-jerk reaction is to look at one model and say, oh, this is trash. There's no way that this is worth anything. I, I hate analytics. But it's just like any, any other thing where you're, you're evaluating what you see on TV. You're evaluating what you see with your eyes. That's information. You're taking this information in different forms. And it's no different than if you go buy a car and you, go, you say, oh, this car goes zero to 60. It's the best car on the road. And then you look at other measurements of the car and you're like, wait a minute. We should probably check that. There's different ways to value NBA players. And one of the ways that I like to look at it is the ones that have the most predictive value, meaning – if you basically take the metric and say, all right, I'm going to predict this season based on these individual metrics. You put all these player values. How much is DeAndre Ayton worth? How much is Jaden Sharp worth? Anthony Simons? And then in five, in five months, we look back and say, which model did best? So there's a model that I really like. It's called estimated plus minus EPM, which you can find on dunks and threes. That historically has done really good at prediction. PER was really good 30 years ago. It's not so great right now, hmm. but there are still metrics that people um, lean on that are kind of outdated. And so I think we should be careful about which metrics we point to. That's why I'm here to help people along, which ones are the good ones, which ones are a little bit outdated. But more to your point, your original point, I love end of quarter heaves just like you. I love them. <laughs> it is such a plus play. And the whole idea that I've been proposing is that the league – actually does not count 
field goal attempts at the end of quarters in the same way that they don't count it when you get fouled. You know, when you get fouled, mm-hmm. they don't count the, free, the field goal attempt. We should do the same thing for end-of-quarter heaves because we should incentivize players from doing the heaves. Luka Doncic loves this. Chris Paul loves doing it. And I'm absolutely on board with any way to get more end-of-quarter heaves. I'm not just saying this because we became bros over the wrestling conversation, but this has been really fun because a lot of this stuff goes over my head. I'm an idiot, and you're doing a really good job like framing things in a way that I can – in analogies in ways that I can understand it. So tip of the cap to you, Tom, and it's going to be fun to watch you on the broadcast all year. I will be honest with you as well that it's preseason basketball, and I have my limits on what I can watch and what I can follow. Uh, so I watch a little bit of the first half of the first game, but it's you know it's football season. That's kind of our MO right now. We're all eager for the Blazers to start. But just what has stood out to you, and what have you what have you seen so far that you like, dislike? I hear Kamara's the new Scottie Pippen. What's standing out to you, Scottie Pippen? I would say Michael Jordan. I mean, you're selling yes. him short with Scottie Pippen comparisons. To be honest, <laughs> no, he's awesome. He's been great. Tamani Kamara is not a household name, but I think uh, Blazers fans will love this guy. He plays really hard. He's tall. He's big. He can shoot. He can defend. He's kind of a fan. He's kind of like a cult favorite. Uh, someone who fits that profile of a, a second-round pick, a rookie who just plays his heart out. I love his profile. You know, this I get excited, too, when he makes a block at the rim last night that just you don't see rookies make with that kind of confidence and strength. But he is, you know, he's 23 years old. He's a guy who's, who's older as a rookie than you might find. And, and, you know, Shaden's still 20. He's younger than Brandon Miller, who's the number two pick for the Charlotte Hornets. You can still think of Shea as, as basically a rookie right now because he's that young. Um, but more to your point about, you know, preseason, what stood out, it's that we haven't really seen much. Look, we haven't got Rob Williams the third at all this preseason. Mm-hmm. We've seen only two games, about 40 minutes worth of DeAndre Ayton, and what we've seen is really good. DeAndre Ayton is kind of in the same mold of Lowry Markkinen from last year, the, the most improved player can, uh, winner from uh, the Utah Jazz who got traded in the offseason um, and not many, not many people paid attention to marketing, but he had a huge breakout season. DeAndre Ayton, well, I'm not predicting him to win most improved player of the year. That's a really uh, a lot of ex- expectations to put on him. But when he's on the floor, the defense looks great. Like DeAndre Ayton looks really good defensively. He's got a lot more energy. When he's on the floor, the, the, uh, the Blazers allow just 92 points per 100 possessions, which is 14 points better every 100 possessions than what they were uh, the entire preseason where they're allowing 106 points per 100 possessions. So DeAndre Ayton, when he's on the floor, this looks like a very competitive team, a team that can win a bunch of games this year. When he's not on the floor, when Rob Williams the third is not on the floor, it looks like it's a bunch of young guys who haven't really played together, and that's because that's what they are. So defense is a lot about um, you know basket protection, a, a lot about veteran poise, knowing where to be. And DeAndre Ayton's been in the NBA Finals as a 22-year-old. He knows what it takes to win at the highest levels. Whether he can do it every single night, like the, the Blazers will expect him to, just he is, he is a big-name player, we'll see. But this team, the Blazers, are young, and they also have some nice veteran pieces in DeAndre Ayton and Malcolm Brogdon. So they can win, I think, a whole bunch of games. And I see a lot of national guys who are picking the over on them, and I get it. If Malcolm Brogdon and, and Anthony Simons – uh, come together and DeAndre Ayton and Jeremy Grant, that's a winning team. That's a really good team. They got to stay healthy and they got to defend. Hmm. Uh, would you bet on the Milwaukee Bucks to win the title this year? 
Ooh, if Chris Middleton is healthy, yeah. So much depends on his health. I would probably go the under on their wins in the regular season. I'm actually going to write a column about this at TomTheFinder.com where I write uh, you know, nationally about the NBA. This is uh, Milwaukee Bucks. They're built for the postseason. Like I think they're going to try to take care of Damian Lillard's health going forward, um, and I think they're going to try to make sure he's healthy for the postseason, which is really what they got him for, is to win a championship in the same reason why Damian Lillard wanted to be um, in, a, in a championship, uh, you know, mindset is that he wants to get that first ring. And so I think they're going to try to preserve him and Brooke Lopez and Giannis Antetokounmpo and make sure that they're healthy for the postseason. So I think they're a solid bet to win it all. Um, so much has to go right for their for the health, but that's true for every NBA team. I, I, I actually like their odds better than uh, you know, let's say the Los Angeles Lakers or the Clippers or some other teams that have a lot of um, big name value. I think the Milwaukee Bucks will be really, really good this year, but it depends on Chris Middleton. That was awesome. He gave that interview the people's elbow. I think that's official. Oh, Tom yeah. Habistro is now a fan favorite in Rip City, and you can see him on the broadcast all season long. He's their new analytics insider. Go give him a follow on Twitter at Tom Habistro and TomTheFinder.com is where you can find the rest of his work. Thanks so much for the time out here in Portland, man, and for jumping on. Can't wait to see you on the broadcast throughout the year, and hopefully we can do this again soon. You got it. There you go. Tom Habistro. Really fun, man. A punt is a coward move. It's a coward move. We need to incentivize teams to go for it. <laughs> it's basically a 60-yard interception. Amen, I brother. Mean, yeah, we see long interception on third and long. People go, hey, nice punt. Nice, nice arm punt. Arm punt. That's what yeah. you're doing. You're chucking downfield. Uh, yeah, that, I want to react to a couple things he said there, and then we'll close it up. Did you know the baseball playoffs are still going on? Still uh, my on. team's out, so it's still, over. Oh, it's over. Yeah, Baseball it's over. season's done. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. over when the Braves lose <laughs> the season ends. Going? Why are you even playing games anymore? We'll wrap it up next on The Fam. Wrestling music and TV theme songs, baby. That's a good Tuesday right there. Man, R.I.P. Bob Saget. Good friend of the show. Yeah. Good friend of the station. Really good friend of the station. We Just, had him in studio. He was great. A good, a genuinely a good dude, man. Um, well, we were on uh, YouTube for the first time today. So if you want to watch the show from now on, you can. Mm-hmm. And uh, you just go find 1080 The Fan on YouTube. Subscribe. Subscribe while you're there. Like. Like the channel. That's what you have to say, right? You have to subscribe and like the channel now that we're YouTube stars. Rate it. Review it. Give us a thumbs up, if you will. And, uh, yeah, we're going to be on every single morning from 6 to 9 a.m. What if we just drove them to do the thumbs down, though? It'd be <laughs> dislike our video, please. Yeah, yeah what happened to those guys? What's going on there? No, it's it's. I'm glad we finally got back on YouTube. We've been testing this thing behind the scenes a little bit, and you know, it was great to pop on this morning. We'll have the full show tomorrow, and then Danny Dusty taking it over at twelve o'clock today. Yeah, somebody asked on the YouTube chat who uh, are the other shows going to be on. The other, I mean, Isaac and Suka are already on. Is their first hour going to be on YouTube too? Or are they just doing the CW thing? I, I would cross I, I over. Yeah, might as well do double. I would actually talk to the CW about streaming it and on TV. Like, why uh, would you not? Yeah, you could. So, yeah, everybody's going to be on TV every show. So we're just we're working out all the kinks, and there's going to be new features and all that stuff. But it is day one, and uh, so for everybody who was on our maiden voyage on YouTube, thank you very much. Yeah, uh, baseball playoffs are continuing to go on. Bruce Bochy's never going to lose again. That's my theory. Good for him. And the Diamond or uh, the the Phillies look to be overmatching the Diamondbacks. That game was over. It felt like in the first. They had a couple of bombs. You're like, all right, well, game back over. Back-to-back home runs to yeah. start the game. Thanks right. for coming. All right, see you later. I'm a little concerned that the Phillies look like the team of destiny right now. 
Uh, I don't Rangers know. have not lost yet in the playoffs. I know, but like I'm You're not buying it. You're not buying Wait, the did Rangers. Did I see Bruce Bochy team managed teams are undefeated in series when they win game one? I thought I saw that stat graphic. Derwood would know game. that better than anybody. Well, they, they lost in the World Series with the Padres. They got swept, so they didn't win a game in that series. Yeah. I kind of want to bet the Astros to win because I think there might be some plus money value there. The Phillies just... And maybe I'm shorting the D-backs here a little bit. The Phillies just seem unbeatable right now. Game two of that series tonight. We'll see if we end up looking like idiots. Kelly versus Nola. That is your pitching matchup. It is at 5.07 on TBS and 9.10 ESPN Portland. There you go. Hey, good little show if you missed it. Uh, a lot of fun. Brandon Marcello taught college football at 7.30. And then Tom Habistro was great, the new Blazer Analytics Insider. So go catch those. We'll tweet them out at Thurton Sprague, at 1080 the fan, 1080thefan.com. As soon as we are done here, that is the Service Patriots podcast, your home for comfort solution for all your heating and air conditioning needs. Thanks so much for being a part of our Tuesday, everybody. We will talk to you tomorrow at 6 a.m. You're listening to 1080 the fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.